Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here we go again. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to today's podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, here as always with my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. And I wanted to wish everyone a happy Easter. I completely forgot that it was Easter, and so I thought, hey, let's just go ahead and do a show anyway. I don't know if we'll do the full hour or not. Probably will, (laughs) because every time I plan for a short show, it still goes about an hour. And I think the only reason we got a show in under an hour on Wednesday, White Boy Malcolm X, was because I completely forgot to read one of the news quick hits in the pile. (laughs) So that is the only reason we ever get it to under an hour. But this time, folks, I hope that we can make that happen. So it will be a short show today. And before I forget... For Wednesday's podcast, I am about, I think, 50-50 for even doing one. I've got some conflicts that are coming up on Wednesday and Thursday, so if I do one, it will definitely be a short show because it's something we're going to have to rush through around all the other things that are going on out there. And a few items, folks, before we jump into our news quick hits. White Boy Malcolm X, I have been hearing from the Summit Mistress, and of course she had some feedback on our story about Orlando Bloom and Katy Perry, and folks... If you are new to the program and you do not know who our summit mistress is, well, she is, or she was, I should say, she was into Orlando Bloom. That was her Hollywood husband, but she has given up on him. I think, White Boy Malcolm X, I think that it has to do with the poodle. She's probably like, no straight man in world history has ever owned a poodle, so she didn't want to invest too much in Orlando Bloom if he's going to come out at some point and go, I just love those poodles, and I'm here, and I'm just going to dump Katy Perry, right? We didn't want that to happen to her. I'm sure that's what she was thinking, but yeah, she is into, guess who? Of course you don't know. Norman Reedus. Yes, from The uh, the Walking Dead. Now, apparently, folks, he also has a show where he rides around on a motorcycle. I think it's called Norman Reedus Rides or Norman Reedus Cruises, <laughs> whatever they call it. But yeah, he is on a motorcycle running around. He also kills the dead. But yes, she is into him now. That is her new, apparently her new Hollywood husband. Who knew? But uh, yeah, I can't say that's a bad choice. I would, uh, I would not, I don't know. I don't know if I'd leave crackers, but I would definitely not turn that down either. <laughs> And folks, if you don't know what that is, I will fill you in on that on a later date. Also, before we jump into our news quick hits, I do have to apologize, folks. It is a weird, weird news cycle out there. And I don't know whether it's because of Easter or what, but there is a whole lot of like race stuff in there. And that is not too weird to me, right? Because the woke folk, they never take a day off. Those folks... (laughs) non-stop race 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 all day every day so yeah that is a natural if there is nothing else going on in the news cycle there will be tons of race stories and we've got a bunch of those today as well so i apologize for that but yeah it's just 
Odd, odd, odd nude cycle out there. I've got a couple gay stories. And yes, White Boy Malcolm X, I have gay at the front and smoking gun at the back when we get into our news stories. But yeah, it's a weird, I look for like, folks, I look for like teacher bait stories. I look for just weird campy stories. But nah, it's just, everyone is behaving themselves for Easter. But I know that means we're going to have a lot of really good stories coming up in the next couple of weeks as people just cannot control themselves. They are going to want to be out there causing trouble. We wanted to wish Ewan McGregor a happy 50th birthday. Apparently, he joined us, White Boy Malcolm X. He joined us in the 50 and over club a couple days ago. Completely random birthday, folks, but I saw that and I'm like, hmm, who knew he had hit 50? But uh, yeah, he is there. And so I wanted to say happy birthday, Ewan, if you are listening to the podcast. And I don't think White Boy Malcolm X, I do not think he is aging badly. Your thoughts? Not too bad at all, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, not too bad at all, Ewan. And there's this new story going around, folks, about pocket queen Pete. Some of you know him as Secretary Pete or Pete Buttigieg, but uh, we know him here affectionately on the Miller Frost Show as pocket queen Pete, that little short pocket queen. And no, no, we do not know how short he is. Again, folks, that is a state secret. We will find out. Pete, we are going to find out how short you are, queen. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. We will find out. But right now, folks, we still do not know how short he is. But anyway, there's this new story that's been going around about he was caught. Shock of shocks, if you can believe this. He was caught unloading his bicycle from an SUV, I guess, right around the corner from where he was going. He likes to pretend. He likes to ride his bike, and he's got his man purse on. He's got his little helmet on, and he's, like, cycling around. He loves to show how green he is, but apparently... No, that is not the case. I guess he uh, gets chauffeured around everywhere, and when he's like a block or two away from where he needs to go, out comes the acting. They take the bike out for him. They put him on his little tricycle there, and he goes with his short little stump legs. He goes and little pedals off, and he goes to wherever he needs to go, right? So he got busted doing that. There is actually video of him doing that. But bless his heart, poor Pete Buttigieg. (laughs) Because, folks, we can't always say that it's his fault, right? A lot of the times that these folks... It's all symbolism over substance. They want to talk about uh, how green they are. Like, they used to have limousine liberals back in the day, but now they have Learjet liberals, right? Like, Leonardo DiCaprio is an infamous one. He is Captain Green out there. He loves to talk about how green and woke green he is, and he's always out there championing for the environment. But he gets to fly on a private jet wherever he goes, right? Those type of people, they're everywhere, right? These, uh, these folks that want you to ride in mass transit, they all get to drive around in limousines and they get to drive around with these car convoys like Mayor Pete. So I would normally rail on him all day long about being a flagrant hypocrite. But let's remember, folks, that Mayor Pete, Secretary Pete, Pocket Queen Pete does have Chaston at home. And folks, if you don't know who Chaston is, That is his low-rent husband. That low-rent queen from Indiana is at home. So we don't know, folks, if Pocket Queen Pete is getting flack at home, which is why he is having to do this. Because, folks, I can see Chaston chastising him over riding around on his bike in a suit. You know, Pete. And yes, folks, that is my Chaston voice. I have actually never heard him speak, but... That is the voice. I just picture him. If you've ever, you queens out there will know what I'm talking about. But if you've ever been in a gay bar, there is always this one queen at the bar. Maybe more than one. (laughs) Some bars, they might have a couple of them. But there's always one who talks and acts like a sassy black chick. That is their shtick right there. That, and they always like to tisk, and they're like sister girlfriend. And they always like to act like a sassy black chick, right? (laughs) And don't call me a racist. It just is as it is, right? That's how they like to act. And so that's how I picture 
Chastin Buttigieg talking to Pete like, I am sorry, Pete, but you are not going to go out there riding that bicycle and you're going to get that suit all dirty and I'm going to have to take that damn thing to the dry cleaner. And I don't want to drive to the dry cleaner all the time just because you have to go out there and show your stupid self on a bicycle pedaling around and got your little helmet on and your silly man person. I told you I didn't like that man person. It does not match your shoes, girlfriend. And I just, I am not going to keep taking your suit to the dry cleaner. It's too expensive and I just just don't want to have that around anymore. And another thing, I do not want to pay that gas tax because you're going to go around and tax me. So you're going to have your suits all dirty and then I got to drive to the dry cleaners, right? And then I'm going to get taxed for driving to the dry cleaners because your suits are dirty and it's your fault the suits are dirty and it's your fault that the tax on my driving. So I am not going to pay for that twice. And of course, Pete's probably like, well, you know, Chastin. And I imagine him sounding like that. I always picture him sounding like a, a straight liberal man. You know, Chastin. It's not really my fault. I kind of have to do this. I am the Secretary of Transportation, and it's my obligation to encourage people to bicycle and ride mass transit more, so I have to pretend at least. And and I did get rid of the tax for you, right? President Biden said that we were not going to roll that out right now, so you don't have to worry about paying every mile that you drive. Well, you also said, because of course Chaston's going to argue with him, right? But Well, you also said that that old man was senile and he didn't know what the hell he was talking about half the time. And you tell me that Kamala was in charge. And now let me tell you something. Kamala is fierce. She is a fierce black woman and I just love her. But I'm just telling you, I do not want to pay that tax. Well, you know, I promise you I'll get rid of it. I'll make sure everything gets taken care of. Don't worry about it. And if we have to pay the tax, that's fine. I'll pay it for you. How does that sound? Well, I guess so, but I am so tired of your cheap suits getting dirty because, girlfriend, they are not going to last forever. (laughs) So that, folks, that is why I don't want to pick on Pete too much because he's got a burden at home. He's got to deal with poor Chaston there, that low-ranked queen from Indiana. He's got to keep that queen happy all the time. So let's just cut Pete just this one time, folks. Let's cut him, that pocket queen, let's cut him a little slack this time only. But we'll be watching you, Pete. (laughs) We'll be watching you with a ruler in hand to find out how short you are. So let's go ahead and jump into our news quick hits. And this first one, White Boy Malcolm X, I completely forgot about Justice League. And I feel like we still have a couple hours to go, but we're done, right? Okay. (laughs) Folks, that was four. Now, I have to say, I do have to say that I did like it, actually. I mean, it's kind of a B-rate Marvel movie, right? It's the same premise. You got an evil bad guy running around trying to collect things on Earth to turn into some sort of super weapon to destroy humanity, right? Same damn premise as uh, whatever the uh, Avengers Endgame, whatever those movies were. But yes, this is the Zack, I want to say Zack Efron version, but it is the Zack Snyder version of that Justice League movie. But listen to this, folks. If you're out there, you queens out there, I know you're out there just thinking about this, and you fanboys out there, you queen fanboys living in your mother's basement, doing all weird stuff to yourself, eyeing up your sex dolls, this is for you, and this, is, again, is from Queerty. Get ready for an all-queer version of the Justice League. Just what the world needs right now. Comic book, and here's a couple pull quotes from that. Comic book publishing giant DC Comics has captured the interest of fans with a new pledge. The publishing label will release an all-queer version of the Justice League later this year, should fans show enough interest. And I figured, folks, that the Justice League version, the Zack Snyder version of the Justice League that we just got done watching was gay enough, but (laughs) I guess not. But, I mean, I'll tell you what, though. I mean, you had uh, Jason Momia, the Sea King. He was running around there with his shirt off half the time. You had 
Superman, played by Henry Cavill, he was running around there with his shirt off half the time. You want to talk about eye candy for the Queens, man. That show was just half of the time was them running around shirtless. You had Ezra Miller. You had the Speed Queen (laughs) running around there. They were running around there. I believe they have special funky pronouns. And then, folks, for the lesbians out there, you had a bunch of Amazonians, right? That movie, folks, that movie was pretty gay, but I guess they wanted all gay. I guess 95% gay was not gay enough for them, so they're going all gay if they can. DC, the label behind the iconic heroes Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, made the announcement as part of a new reader engagement campaign designed to help the publishing house steer its output. And folks, if you need a translation of that, they just want more nerds to buy more comic books so they can make more money. So they don't really care. (laughs) Okay, you guys will buy a gay Justice League? Sure, we'll do that. You want a transgender Justice League? Sure, we'll do that. As long as you guys keep buying our comic books, we'll do whatever the hell you want. And for you folks who want to know more about this and how you can vote on gay Justice League, Dub the DC Round Robin, readers will vote on a number of potential titles they want from the company, with the winner hitting newsstands later this year. One of those potential titles, Justice League Queer. A brief plot synopsis describes the story as, Eight young queer heroes investigate a series of monstrous manifestations around the world and discover that something much more terrifying is coming. I just hope, White Boy Malcolm X, that when they are talking about a series of monstrous manifestations, that they are not talking about critical race theory. (laughs) Because that will anger the woke folk out there, and that will also anger woke Miller. So you folks over at DC Comics, if they are going to be investigating a monstrous manifestation with something more terrifying coming down the pike, I hope they're not talking about critical race theory. I'm sure, though, folks, because they are probably pretty woke over at DC Comics, they're probably talking about neo-Nazis and right-wing militia groups, because that is how they continue to sell the narrative. I'll tell you what, though, White Boy Malcolm X. They are whores at DC Comics. They really are whores. They will do anything for money. If you give them enough money, they will pretty much, uh, whatever sort of weird version of Justice League you want, they will do it if you pay them enough money. Speaking of race, though, folks, and like I warned you folks earlier, There is a lot of race going on in this news pile. This is from American Greatness. Brown University students overwhelmingly vote in favor of reparations for black students. And here are a couple pull quotes there. On Monday, students at the Ivy League school, Brown University, voted in favor of two resolutions approving reparations for black students, as reported by the Washington Free Beacon. Both resolutions seek to identify any black students who are direct descendants of slaves or who were entangled with and or afflicted by the university and Brown family and their associates in reference to the university's founder, Nicholas Brown Jr. One resolution would give priority admission to any black students, while the other would give direct monetary payments to said students. So reparations, folks, are coming to the Ivy League. And I guess the only question I would have, folks, because I did pull from the Brown University website, I did pull their demographic makeup of their undergraduate students in 2020, 60.7% are white, 12.4% are black, 25.9% are Asian, and 12.4% are Hispanic. So I guess it's a two-part question. Number one, did the 12.4% of the undergraduate student population at Brown University who are black, did they get to vote for their own reparations? 
because that would be a pretty cushy gig if you could vote yourself. Well, I probably shouldn't say anything because I, now that I think about it, that is kind of the whole Democratic Party premise, right? Vote for us and we will give you stuff out of the Treasury. We will take from your, your fellow citizens and we will give you something else. So I guess in this case, that would be the same thing. If you are a black student at Brown University and there is a resolution on the ballot there that says you get reparations, if you are black, be like, hey, this is free money. I might as well vote yes for this. So I guarantee you, folks, that they automatically got the 12.4% of black students voting themselves for reparations. <laughs> but, you know, folks, I have to ask, can you imagine, though, how do you think the Asian and Hispanic populations at Brown University, folks, and they make up almost 40% of the student body, they're the ones who, in addition to the guilty white liberals who also voted for this, they're the ones who are also going to probably wind up paying more tuition costs. And those costs, folks, are about $57,000 a year. So they're going to wind up with lower admissions rates and higher higher tuition rates just to pay for reparations and admissions preferences for capital B black students. So you uh, high school kids out there, you Latinx if you are a Sunni white liberal, that is your code word, I know. If you are Latinx or Asian and you are hoping to get into Brown University, your chances just shrank just a hair. And even if you get in, your tuition is probably going to go up just a hair to hand money over to black students. And I'm sure they'll just love that, right? Just like all the good white liberals. Oh, oh I love paying higher tuition rates. And I'll, I hope they cheat my fellow white students out of admissions to Brown University because you know, white people suck, and we really should hand over more money to uh, to the capital B black students. From CNBC, many older millennials are burdened by housing costs, and it could keep them from reaching other financial goals. And here is a pull quote to find out what is going on with these poor, beleaguered millennials. As the oldest millennials begin to turn 40 this year, some members of this cohort have been hit by a perfect storm in housing. Rising costs, Scarcity of supply, lack of new development, increased debt, and stalled wage growth. These factors have forced many millennials to stretch their already overburdened budgets to the max and in some cases hampered their ability to get ahead and save for the future. White Boy Malcolm X, is it just me or did they recycle, those folks over at CNBC, did they recycle this story? Because it sounds to me just like the student loan stories we've been seeing ad infinitum about poor millennials being a... They're burdened by their student loans. Here, I'm going to redo this headline. Many older millennials are burdened by student loans, and it could keep them from reaching other financial goals. So, folks, if you went into this article and replaced housing costs with student loans, it's the same damn article. (laughs) It really is. It's the exact same article. These poor millennials, these poor, poor, poor millennials. It's so hard being them, folks. I mean, they can't afford their student loans and they can't afford their mortgages like the rest of us. I'm so sorry, you spoiled little brats, (laughs) because you want your $6 lattes, your iced lattes, your special drink lattes. You want your avocado toast. You want your $10 breakfast at Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks every morning. You want to go out and have your $15 fancy cocktails every night, but then you can't afford your student loans and you can't afford your mortgage. Boo-hoo-hoo. That is what is called adulting. You idiots made up that term. It's so hard to be adulting all the time, right? So you folks need to just grow up, right? If you are 40 years old and you're kvetching about student loans and mortgages, 
Welcome to the real world. I, it's a bit late, but hey, better late than never. Welcome to what the rest of us are having to go through. Who doesn't have a student loan? Well, not white boy Malcolm X because his family is beyond wealthy. But yes, most of us have some student loans. Most of us have mortgages. Welcome to the real world, kids. And I damn well guarantee you, white boy Malcolm X, that the people writing these articles about how hard it is to be a millennial and how hard it is to adult as a millennial are probably a bunch of spoiled millennials. I just want Uncle Sam to pay off my mortgage and pay off my student loans for me so I can just go about life and everything gets paid for by someone else. Your parents suck. Oh, look, more race. From the post-millennial, Oxford University may stop teaching sheet music because of its complicity in white supremacy. So yes, folks, sheet music is racist. And here are a couple pull quotes there. Musical notation is believed now to be part of a colonialist representational system. Folks, I have no idea what a colonialist representational system is. I just know it is hard to pronounce. The changes are being proposed to undergraduate level courses, and the goal is to decolonize music study. These professors are intent on addressing white hegemony, according to the Telegraph. Additionally, requirements will no longer dictate that music students are taught to play piano or how to conduct orchestras because this, too, structurally centers white European music. According to the music instructors at Oxford, whose job it was to teach the history, scope, breadth, and practice of music, this can cause students of color (gasps) great distress. Oh, no, we wouldn't want that. Even the way music is taught, these professors complain, is a problem because the vast bulk of tutors for techniques are (gasps) double (gasps) white men. Oh, no. Good heavens. We can't have that. (laughs) Oh, it's so... Not only, folks, is it hard being a millennial and having to pay for a mortgage and having to pay for student loans, it is hard being Gen Z and having to take a music class and look at that sheet music, because that sheet music is racist. (gasps) Oh, poor babies. (laughs) These kids, man, they kvetch at will. I would just think, now, call me crazy, call me racist, I guess. You will anyway. I know how some of you folks are out there, but just a suggestion for you undergraduate students over at Oxford University. My suggestion would be don't sign up for the class. It's pretty simple. If that's going to offend you, if looking at sheet music is going to offend you, if being taught to play the piano or conduct an orchestra, which actually, by the way, is kind of fun. I've done it once, and that is a long story. I'll tell you about it later. But if you, if that triggers you, if you are going to get doubly butt hurt, if that is going to cause you great distress to sign up for this class, my recommendation would be don't do it. <laughs> it's pretty simple, right? Just don't sign up for the stupid class. Just go take, I don't know art or I don't know I guess you probably can't take art because there's a lot of white people that paint it as well so I would sign up for I don't know social justice 101 102 103 104 whatever I'm sure you're already enrolled in those kind of classes but sign up for extra classes take them twice if you want to to show just how woke you are and if you're like well Miller you know that would be really nice of us but you know that is a required class for us to graduate well then you know what Oxford University this is for you this is my suggestion for you if this is triggering for your students if your students are getting doubly butthurt because they are forced to read sheet music and learn the piano and conduct a symphony orchestra I would say just go ahead and remove that from the curriculum right just go ahead and that is not a required class that is for just snobby racist white people to sign up for if someone wants to learn piano or to conduct an orchestra or learn how to read sheet music you can have that class available 
And then you know who all the racists on campus are, right? You can go ahead and, and sign them up for their first-class tickets to the re-education camp when they come along. But yes, I would just go ahead and say, eh, we're just going to make that a small, non-required class. It's right there. <laughs> take it if you want. Don't take it if you don't want. But just there it is, right? It's for those who want it. But let's face it, folks. We all know that that is never going to happen, even if they make it a... Uh, a voluntary class, right? You don't have to sign up for this class. We know how leftists are, right? Because they do not live by the live and let live motto, right? Normally, for me, I always say I'm very libertarian. As long as you're not hurting kids or animals, I really don't give a crap what you do anywhere. But yeah, some people, it drives them insane that there's someone out there somewhere reading sheet music and learning how to play a piano and learning how to conduct a symphony orchestra, and it's going to drive them insane. It's the woke folk, right? They hate it when someone else is doing something they don't approve of. They're not going to say, well, it's not for me, but if they want to learn how to conduct a symphony orchestra, fine by me, they can do it, right? No, they are not going to allow that. They're going to have that class shut down if they don't like it. If they think it's racist, it is going to be eviscerated from the face of this earth. And to think otherwise, folks, of course, is just, that's crazy, right? That's just crazy talk. How dare you? It's causing someone great distress. Even if they're not enrolled in the class, it is causing them great distress. So let's just, let's just get rid of the class. And if nobody in 100 years knows anything about sheet music or music in general, we're just like, I don't know what the hell we're doing, just banging on drums all day. That is because of the woke folk out there, because we're just getting rid of everything that sniffs anywhere remotely of being white. And if that's not enough nutty race stuff for you on a college campus, how is this? From campus reform, Washington and Lee students walk out of class, demand the school change its name. And let's find out more about that. Students at Washington and Lee University in Lexington, Virginia, are demanding that the school remove Lee from its name to promote racial equity, according to a local report. And what did I tell you folks whenever you see the word equity? Someone's about to get screwed. On March 23rd, at least 200 students, many clad in t-shirts and face masks, okay, that's good, we don't want to get COVID Karen upset, staged a walkout protesting for what sophomore Amber Morrison called the university's second chance to be on the right side of history. We will only be made better by creating a more inclusive campus, she said. A lot of students feel like there's no point arguing because we don't have the support and we don't have the people. But we do, and I think this really shows that. And this, folks, this goes very nicely with my last story on Oxford University, right? These students apply to and enrolled in Washington and Lee University, and they get there, and all of a sudden, they are butthurt about the name Washington and Lee. And my thought is, don't go to the school. If the name Lee, if Robert E. Lee drives you nuts, then don't enroll in this stupid school. (laughs) But they do, right? They enroll in the school, And it just, it triggers them, right? And so they have to do these protests and they want to get rid of the name Washington and Lee because, hey, we just, we can't have that now, can we, right? Not, I don't like the name of my school. I think it's kind of horrible to have the name Robert E. Lee in the name of my school. But you know what? I'm just going to go transfer to a different school so my diploma doesn't look like it's a racist university. (laughs) But no, we can't have that. We got to get rid of it. And give it, folks, I would say about 50 years and all of a sudden you're going to have people going around going, Robert E. who? Who is that? What? It's going to be like Voldemort, right? You're not even supposed to say his name. Nobody is going to understand who Robert E. Lee is because they are going to erase this man from history. All his statues will be down. Everything will be gone. In fact, whenever they teach about the Civil War in a U.S. history class, if they do it, if they do it at all, right, they're going to be like, yeah, there was a Civil War in the 1800s, but we're not really allowed to talk about it. We are not allowed to mention 
any of their names, right? Because even Abraham Lincoln, his name was going to be like Abraham who? He freed the slaves, but hey, we're still not going to talk about it anyway. It's going to be like, yeah, Voldemort everywhere, all over our history. We're just not going to be able to mention these people. So yeah, civil war, but on to the next topic. From Pink News, BMX pro Corey Walsh, whoever he is, comes out as gay with defiant message of hope. Today is the day where I say F it. And folks, he did not just say F it. And I guess BMX is a bicyclist. They just ride around on those little mountain bikes and he is a racer and that is his job, I guess. Who knows? But here are a couple pull quotes there. Canadian BMX pro Corey Walsh has come out as gay, making him one of the only openly LGBT plus writers in the industry. Walsh, 26, is the 10th best BMX rider in the world, according to the Border BMX Global Ranking, and competed at the Vans BMX Pro Cup World Championships in 2019. On Monday, he opened up about his sexuality for the first time on Instagram. And White Boy Malcolm X, I think we missed out as youngsters when we came out. And I came out, folks, when I was 21, and I did not have Instagram to come out on, right? I just told people, <laughs> I'm gay. And most people were like, eh, who gives a crap? Whatever. We've kind of figured that out already. Miller, we knew you were a big old queen anyway, so don't worry about that there. But yes, these kids these days, they come out on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or whatever else they're on. If you were to tell me a year ago that today was going to be the day where I said F it and let the world in on my personal life, I would have told you that's never going to happen, he wrote. But thanks to the support of my family, friends, and sponsors, I can finally say <laughs> that was the important one. Will my sponsors, can I still make money doing what I'm doing if my sponsors know that I'm gay? And apparently, yes, they are woke enough. They will keep writing those checks. Support of my family, friends, and sponsors, I can finally accept the fact that I am gay and be open about it. Well, I will say this. He is, folks... He is definitely a first-rate drama queen. I will give him that. <laughs> Corey. Corey, hey, welcome to the tribe, by the way. I mean, I guess you were always in the tribe. You are finally acknowledging that you were in the tribe. But welcome. I first want to say welcome to the tribe. I don't want to bash Corey. I would say this to him and to the folks at Pink News who label this a defiant message. I mean, <laughs> who gives a crap these days? Everyone's like, eh, who cares? It is not a big deal in everyone's life. If you want to talk about a defiant message, come out as heterosexual. <laughs> come out as straight, and we'll see uh, And we'll see what the reception is, right? You come out as gay, everyone's like, ah, who gives a crap, right? You come out as transgender, oh, you're so wonderful. We're going to put you on your transgender pedestal, right? You come out as bisexual, right? What are bisexuals? They will do anyone, right? It is such a low bar to be a bisexual, you know, but they'll still celebrate it, right? You come out as pansexual, you come out as demisexual, you come out as whatever sexual, you come out with funky pronouns. Nothing about that is uh, is defiant at all. Nothing about that to me is brave at all because that's what everyone is expected to, uh, to embrace and bow down to and uh, genuflect accordingly. But yeah, I don't see this as a big deal at all, Corey. Again, welcome to the tribe. Not wanting to beat you up there, but don't act like such a drama queen about it. Nobody gives a crap in 2021. And for our last story in our news quick hits, no, it is not about race, but yes, I do have more in our pile, our news pile. Connecticut schools show second graders cartoon featuring erect penis. Hmm, let's find out more about that. A second-grade public school lesson in Greenwich, Connecticut included a video detailing sexual abuse 
that showed a cartoon of a fully erect penis, according to a report. The public school students, who would be age 7 or 8, were shown the cartoon Alfred Jr. and Shadow, a short story about being scared during a virtual class on social and emotional learning, the Greenwich Free Press said. The nearly 10-minute film, often reserved for therapy sessions, shows two cartoon owls talking about terrifying experiences for kids, including stuff that's very difficult to talk about. The cartoon suddenly cuts to an image of a silhouetted man with an erect penis standing over a sad-looking child. I guess one of the questions I would have with this, and especially being in the state of Connecticut, because I'm right there next to them in Massachusetts, is what took them so long? (laughs) Right. I just I figured, folks, seven or eight is going to be far too late for them to introduce these sorts of things. I figured they would have shown Alfred Jr. and Shadow to say, I don't know, a four and five year old. Right. Or five and six. They waited until seven or eight years old to show them this thing. They showed him a man with an erect penis as something that would would scare them. I guess in the good old days, scaring a child had to do with like showing someone who was not recycling, right? That would, oh no, I'm terrified. They're going to destroy the planet if they don't recycle. That was the good old days. Nowadays, it has to do with man with a penis, man with a hard penis, (laughs) a hard-on standing over a sad-looking child. But folks, and you know what, White Bone Michael Max, you know what is irritating to me about this article? And I'll reread this sentence and you tell me where you think the issue is. The cartoon suddenly cuts to an image of the silhouetted man with an erect penis standing over a sad-looking child. What, White Boy Malcolm X, what is the most offensive thing to you there? Correct. You are listening to this program, sir. Very good. And if you're out there going, Miller, Miller, what? What is wrong with that? Obviously, an erect penis is something that is horrible. What else could be wrong with that? Folks, folks, it's pretty easy. I mean, it is pretty obvious to someone like me. I am woke, right? What do I always say? I am the most woke person that I know. Folks, why are we assuming that that's a man standing over that child? How dare you be bigoted out there and assume that just because someone has a penis that they are automatically a man, right? What have we been talking about on this podcast for, I guess, months now? A man may or may not have a penis, right? A man could have a vagina, right? That could be a woman standing over that child, a woman with a penis. And there's nothing wrong with that, and you're not supposed to judge that. And if you do you are going to a re-education camp. So I I think the folks that wrote this article really do need to take a a deep look inside themselves. Maybe they should become more woke, but I think they need to look at the sentence and redo it, right? The cartoon suddenly cuts to an image of a silhouetted person with an erect penis standing over a sad-looking child because let's face it, folks, a woman or a man could have an erect penis at any time. And hey, if you're yelling at your podcast, you're yelling at your iPhone, wherever you're listening to this on, don't blame me. Do not shoot the messenger. I am. <laughs> That's just the way it is. Okay, we are done with our news quick hit. So let's go ahead and jump into our news pile. We only have a couple of stories here, folks. Again, White Boy Malcolm X, I want a shorter show. It's Easter. I want to have some downtime. This first story, folks, is from the New York Post. And here's this headline. New York Social Service Agency sued for not allowing ex-gender mark. So yes, folks, if you thought we were leaving funky pronouns behind, you are wrong. (laughs) You are wrong. We have more of that here. Non-binary New Yorkers who currently must declare themselves as male or female to receive Medicaid, food stamps, and other public assistance say in a lawsuit filed Monday that the state is discriminating against them by failing to provide an ex-gender option. 
The lawsuit filed against state and city agencies that run benefit programs seeks the type of non-binary gender option already allowed on New York birth certificates and promised for driver's licenses. The non-binary plaintiffs said the outdated state computer system maintained by the Office of Temporary and Disability Assistance compels non-binary people to either lie under oath or to be denied benefits. So White Boy Macamex, I just want to make sure before we delve deeper into the story that I have a general understanding of what is going on. So let me just see if I have this correct. So you have some non-binary people, some funky pronoun people, people who do not identify as male or female or whatever their sexual orientation or identity is. They they want the free stuff. They want to live off of the state of New York and they're a little butthurt that they're being forced to check male or female. They want to check X or whatever, what have you, right? Is that Yes. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Just want to make sure that I have this right, that these folks that do not have an identified gender, they are not male, they are not female, they are something else. They are suing the state of New York because they are, let's face it, folks, they're a little butthurt that they don't have a special box to check. And all they want to do is they want to live off the taxpayers of the state of New York. They want to get something for nothing. They want to collect benefits and they want a special box on top of that. So they can't just say, well, I am actually realistically, this gender, I want to be a special gender. They just, okay, just got it. So let's go ahead and dig in. Let's learn more about some of these people who are upset. I was forced to choose between M or F, male or female, as a gender marker, which neither really align with how I express myself or feel inside. So that was particularly traumatic, especially during such a vulnerable time, said Jules Donahue, one of three plaintiffs in the lawsuit, filed by the New York Civil Liberties Union and Legal Services of NYC. And folks, if you want to get an idea of Jules Donahue, he's a, he looks like a man. I guess he I does not identify as a man, but he looks like a man, but he has black fingernails. So <laughs> I guess he's a little bit of all of the above. Yeah, so that is, a, that is the picture of Jules Donahue, just a guy with black fingernails. He looks like some goth dude hanging out there in New York and wants to get some free stuff. He wants to get some free money from the taxpayers of New York. Donahue, 30, applied for benefits in July after the coronavirus pandemic made it hard for the New York City law student to find stable work. Donahue identified as a male for the application, but it just doesn't feel as authentic to me as X. So none of the above to him, folks, I guess. None of the above feels more authentic than actually being something. He's like, well, I'm not either, right? He's not telling you what he is, but he's not this and he's not (laughs) the normal things, right? Male and female. He's not either of those, but he just wants that X and it's not authentic to him if he doesn't have the X. The lawsuit said the OTDA system discriminates on the basis of gender identity, violating state human rights and civil rights laws, as well as the state constitution. The lawsuit demands that the state agency add X as a valid gender identity option in the benefit system, as well as updated guidance and training for social services staff on proper conduct when dealing with non-binary people. And let's face it, folks, everyone is going to choose to be non-binary at the rate this thing is going. Co-plaintiff Jamie Mitchell said that the lack of an X option is an extra indignity for an already vulnerable people in need of Medicaid or food stamps. So... This poor princess, he is righteously indignant because he wants to get free food stamps and he cannot pick his special gender on these state forms. Mitchell, 40, was able to get a birth certificate with an X marker in January, but was unable to update their benefit records. Anytime I need something as simple as food or to make a doctor's appointment, again, folks, 
paid for by the taxpayers of the state of New York, I basically am forced to misgender myself to be misgendered. And this takes a toll, Mitchell, a New York City resident, said. Oh, poor princess. Well, I shouldn't call him a princess. I take that back. <laughs> poor prince, poor whatever you want to be. God. I tell you what, though, white boy Malcolm X. So I'm reading this story, folks, and I'm like, okay, so you've got Jules Donahue, 30 years old. You've got Jamie Mitchell, 40 years old. Does that ring a bell with you, white boy Malcolm X? Thank you, millennials. Yes. <laughs> of course, it's millennials who are doing this, right? Uh, baby boomers are probably a close second there, but it is millennials who get really upset, super butthurt, if you make fun of them for being high maintenance and special, right? You mock them for their iced coffees and you mock them for their avocado toast and all their whining and complaining. They get upset about that, right? You're not supposed to make fun of that, right? They get really indignant when you do that. But here we go. Yet again, we've got a bunch of millennials who yet again have to be special. And I have a special gender identity because if I were a man or if I were a woman, that's just not special enough for me, right? I don't feel like a man and I don't feel like a woman. I, I want to be able to express myself as whatever I want, this kind of vague gender identity. I want my own special gender identity and I want the state of New York to bow before me and give me my special recognition because I'm a millennial and I want the world to revolve around me and my special needs. God. It's folks like Jules Donahue and Jamie Mitchell, and not to pick on them because there are millions of people out there who do this as well. They want their feelings, right? They want their feelings, their narcissism, their self-absorption with their gender identity, right? They have this made-up gender identity. They're not a man. They're not a woman. They just want to feel special. So they want their narcissistic tendencies to have the entire world focus on them and bow to them. They want that to trump. And yes, I say that word deliberately just to trigger you people. They want their narcissism to trump reality, right? And we're just supposed to sit there and validate their feelings. They want to act like a bunch of drama queens. I want to get free stuff in the state of New York, but I want it the way I want it. And I want your systems to validate my special pronouns and to validate my special gender identity. <laughs> enough. I mean, seriously, folks, just enough, right? Just lay off it for like a day or two. God, you people just enough already. Jules, Jamie, and all you other people out there that have to have your special gender identity. And what are we up to? I don't know, eight or 10 different gender identities. And at some point they're going to be like, well, I don't feel special enough if I say that I'm a gender. So I'm going to have to create another special. So we're going to have like 100, 150 of these things. And not everyone's going to be happy with choosing X because X means basically anything else. Well, I don't want, that doesn't make me feel special enough. So I want something else, right? So someone's narcissism is going to drive this thing to having like 50 check marks under, the, under gender, right? You're going to have to have a drop down of at least 50 items to make everyone feel special and unique enough. But at the end of the day, no matter how Jules wants to express himself, no matter how Jules feels inside, Jules is still either a man or a woman. And I know I know there are a lot of you out there going, you are a bigot and a transphobe. <laughs> yes, I already know that, folks. I get it. I, but you know what? At the end of the day, you cannot bend reality. No matter how hard Jules tries, right? He is either going to be 
a man or a woman, and it really just depends on the hardware installed, right? So he can make up whatever gender he wants. He can have the gender blah, 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 right? But at the end of the day, he's still either a man or a woman, and I don't care what color he paints his nails. I mean, can you imagine, White Boy Malcolm X, can you imagine, since we are already into bending reality to whatever you want, to make you feel as special as you want, can you imagine that short pocket queen, Pete Buttigieg, can you imagine him going, well, you know, I really don't like that Miller Frost making fun of me. And he says that he is six foot three. So I am six foot four. And I feel like that. And I just, I want to express myself as a tall person. And I am six foot four. And I feel six foot four. And when Miller Frost makes fun of me for being a short pocket queen, I feel that he is really attacking me at a vulnerable time. So I want my driver's license to say that I am six foot four. And they'll be like, you know, the folks at the DMV will be like, well, uh, it's already blank because it's apparently it's a state secret and we're not even allowed to know how short you are, babe. Well, I still, I want my driver's license to say that I am six foot four because I have to be taller than Miller Frost. I have to be tall. And you are invalidating me as a person. You're trying to erase me as a person because I want to be six foot four. And if you folks think that I'm just being absurd with that, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if gender can be erased and anyone can be whatever gender they want. They can swap out the genders. They can be none of the above. If you think that's where they're going to stop with this, you're wrong. (laughs) That is wrong, right? Because you're going to have something like pocket queen Pete Buttigieg declaring himself six foot four because that's how he feels inside. And everyone's going to have to be like, man, Pete, you are super tall as they're looking down at the top of his head. (laughs) You're going to have to just validate that, right? And so you're going to have gender and you're going to have everything else. And you know who I really feel bad for, White Boy Malcolm X? And you're fake black, so you are truly going to appreciate this. Folks, do you remember, it wasn't that many years ago when Rachel Dolezal, who we have given a lot of grief on this program to, remember when she got busted for being fake black, right? She identified as being black. She was running, I think, a local NAACP chapter in Washington or Oregon, one of those loony Northwest states. But that woman was up there and everyone ridiculed her and she got thrown out of that organization. And she has basically lived hand to mouth for the last, I think, 10, 12 years since that happened. She has been living and struggling and trying to survive since then. But can you imagine being Rachel Dolezal, who identified as black, Right. And everyone ridiculed her and she has basically had her life ruined over this. And now you have how many untold people going around saying, I'm whatever gender I want to be. And everyone just says, "Okay," And they bow down to it. Right. They're actually changing birth certificates. (laughs) They're changing driver's licenses. And now they're going to be changing the welfare roles. So if you want to apply for welfare and that's what they call it, they call it assistance now. But it's still welfare. (laughs) At the end of the day, in my day, it was called welfare. Now they just call it public assistance. But yes, so. They're going to be changing their computers now to accommodate all these gender choices, right? Because gender is no longer binary. You're no longer a male or a female. You can be whatever the hell you want to be. And this poor woman, all she wanted to be was black and she identified as black. And if she had been caught in this day and age, she probably could have put black on her driver's license. I just feel bad for Rachel Dolls all now, white boy Malcolm X. I mean, all she did was run around and pretend she was this black woman and got pilloried for it. And these people go around making up gender choices because they can't have a male or a female. They just make up my gender is blah. And that's supposed to be now acknowledged by everyone, the state of New York, and of course their welfare offices. Because <laughs> these two clowns want to live off everyone else. I tell you what, Jules and Jamie, bless your hearts. Bless both your hearts, God. 
You two narcissists, my God. I mean, I hate to break it to you, but I don't know what your dopey parents taught you about life. But man, you are trying to stay in the cocoon as long as possible. I want what I want. I want it my way. And I want everyone to bow down to me. And I want to be able to express myself. And however I feel inside, I want everyone to acknowledge that. And and then I want everyone to pay for me to live. (laughs) Okay, then. I can't imagine why Boom Malcolm X. I cannot imagine being 30 years old and saying, well, I have special pronouns and, and the systems obviously don't accommodate that in all areas. And then going, well, I'm going to sue because if I have to check a male or if I have to check a female, that invalidates me and it makes me feel better. <laughs> spoiled brats. That's all this is. Narcissistic spoiled brats. Speaking of narcissists, how's this from Fox News? Kamala Harris events lack of clergy and insult to the black community, pastor says. Oh, no. Let's find out more about this. A pastor in Connecticut said the lack of clergy at a local event hosted by Vice President Kamala Harris is an insult to the black community. And folks, if you need a definition of the word butthurt, that is it. The Reverend Boise Kimber, speaking on behalf of the Greater New Haven Clergy Association at a Monday press conference, said it was insulting that he and other faith leaders were not invited to Harris's event at the Boys and Girls Club of New Haven, the New Haven Register reported. It was insulting white boy Malcolm X. He did not get himself an invitation, and he is butthurt about that. Goodness. Of all the hills to die on, this is what he chose. New Haven is predominantly black and Hispanic, said Kimber. Not to have our leadership present at this visit was certainly an insult to the black community, that worked so diligently across this country to elect the first female vice president. We will not continue to be insulted by individuals that organize events and leave out the black community, Kimber continued. Now, does anyone believe that? Seriously, white boy Malcolm X. He's like raising an eyebrow at me. I'm being serious. Does anyone believe that the Reverend Boise Kimber is about to leave the Democratic Party because they insulted him and did not invite him to this event. Does anyone believe that that is possible? And I would say, no, it will never happen. And why won't it ever happen? Because, folks, they'll take whatever insults they get. They don't really care at the end of the day because they all want to get paid, right? (laughs) They want all that grant money from the state and federal government, especially the feds, right? They're handing out money, bukus of money with all these... uh, You know, the COVID relief bill is there, and now this infrastructure bill is there, and that is going to rain money down on everyone, including those folks in New Haven. And so they are going to take whatever insults they get (laughs) because they want to get paid, right? They came to do good and have done very, very well indeed, and these folks are no different. I mean, are they there for their own aggrandizement, or are they there to help people, right? If he's sitting there complaining about not getting invited to this event? Is it because he wants to be seen with the vice president or is it because he thinks it's going to help his people? And I would argue that he is there to be seen with the vice president. He wants to hang out with the ruling class and he loves the fact that these sort of community activist types, they love it when politicians roll into town because why? The politicians come and kiss their butts, right? Anytime there is a Democratic election anywhere near New York, guess what the politicians all do? They go down and they kiss Al Sharpton's ass. And I can only imagine how disgusting that is. But yes, they go down there and go kissing his ass, right? 
But that's what they like, right? They want the politicians to kiss their butts, to validate their self-worth to themselves and to validate their self-worth to their, the members of their communities. They just want to feel like, like the millennials, those stupid, silly millennials, those narcissistic millennials in the last story we had, they just want to feel important and special. <laughs> And so Kamala didn't show them enough love. She didn't invite them. And they got, literally, they got butthurt about not getting their invite down so they can get the chance to strut around like a bunch of peacocks. So Reverend Boise Kimber, bless your heart as well. <laughs> bless your heart that they are not showing you enough love. But since you complained, I'm sure another check is on the way. From the Times of Israel, how's this headline? U.S. Judge Transgender ex-neo-Nazi suffered enough, won't be jailed for threats. Hmm. Neo-Nazis, transgenders? Oh my. (laughs) What kind of hot mess is this? Well, let's go ahead and find out. A U.S. federal judge declined to impose prison time Wednesday on a former member of a neo-Nazi ring that threatened journalists, finding that the 21-year-old who concealed his transgender identity from his co-conspirators, and folks, I would really love to know how he did that, had already suffered enough in his young life. Taylor Parker DePepe, and yes, of course, folks, Parker DePepe is hyphenated, and what do I always say about people with hyphenated last names? They are generally leftist nuts. Of Spring Hill, Florida, was charged in early 2020, along with three other members of the Adam Waffen Division, a white supremacist group. Investigators said they left, and folks, when they said they, in the story, I don't know whether they meant just Taylor or they meant a lot of other people, because with funky pronouns, you can just never know who you're talking about. But anyway, we'll just assume a group of Nazis, right? Not just the one Nazi. Investigators said they left or attempted to leave swastika-laden posters with messages like, you have been visited by your local Nazis. (laughs) Well, that's a nice calling card at the home of journalists in Florida, Arizona, and Washington State. Parker DePepe pleaded guilty in September to conspiracy to mail threatening communications and to commit cyberstalking. Assistant U.S. Attorney Thomas Woods acknowledged his troubled childhood, but sought a prison term of 16 months, writing in the sentencing memo that Parker DePepe instilled terror in his victims and contributed to the wide sense of fear and unease that many groups in this country understandably feel. And folks, nobody gets more upset than journalists if they are threatened in any way, shape, or form. They get, uh, they get super extra double butt hurt if, if you say anything against them or criticize them in any way, shape, or form. So I can only imagine if they got a calling card that involved Nazis on it, how traumatized they actually were. Parker DePepe's attorney, Peter Mazzoni, said prison would be devastating for his client. Oh, poor baby, who suffered abuse from an unaccepting father, from an alcoholic stepfather, and from school bullies who tormented him. Parker DePepe, who goes by Tyler. So yes, folks, Taylor goes by Tyler. Don't ask, I don't know. Had known since age five when he was growing up in Egg Harbor, New Jersey, that he wanted to be a boy. But his father threw away the boy clothes his mother bought him and physically abused him, including choking him, Mazzoni wrote in a sentencing memo. In his early teens, his high school failed to protect him from incessant bullying and eventually paid $50,000 to settle a lawsuit he brought. So he and the family, because he couldn't do that on his own, his family sued the high school and got a payment out of them for teasing. Man, you kids out there. I mean, who didn't get teased a lot in high school, but he got $50,000 worth, apparently. 
He moved to Florida to live with his mother and her husband, who one day came home drunk and beat him severely, breaking his front tooth and smashing his head against the driveway. This led him to just seek acceptance, and unfortunately he found it from these knuckleheads, Mazzoni said, referring to a group of about 10 boys, mostly 15 and 16 years old, who made up the Florida Adam Waffen cell. U.S. District Judge John C. Coffiner in Seattle agreed during a virtual court hearing Wednesday, sentencing Parker DePepe to time served after Parker DePepe tearfully apologized for his actions. Coffiner said he struggled with his decision because he was mindful of the fear and suffering such harassment can instill, but he added, None of us have suffered the difficult situation this defendant has endured as a result of his gender identity confusion. Enough's enough. Judge, you should not have said the word confusion. That is going to get people really upset with you. That is not an appropriate word, sir. But you still let him off, so I guess you are out of the, off the hook there. So, White Boy Macamex, I just want to make sure I have this story correct. And I want to start way back when. So, Taylor Parker DePepe, but Taylor goes by Tyler. Five years old, he's like, I want to be a boy, right? And so, mom buys him clothes. Dad's kind of a schmuck, throws the boy clothes out. Probably rudely calls him by the dead name, whatever his girl name was when he started out in this world. But, so anyway, Tyler, Taylor, whatever, whatever their name is, right? He goes down, lives with the mother and the stepfather. The stepfather is kind of a jerk to him as well, beats him up once. And so Tyler Taylor decides, hmm, I need to find acceptance with groups, right? And so I guess all the transgender support groups out there are not enough for him. He goes and he joins a neo-Nazi club, right? (laughs) Did I get that right? So this transgender guy goes and shows up at the neo-Nazi clubhouse. And I guess they're all a bunch of teenage neo-Nazis, right? And he goes in and goes, hi, my name is Taylor Tyler, and I am here and I want to be a Nazi too. And they're like, oh. Well, he kind of looks like a girl, but I guess he's a guy, so we will accept him because that's what we've been taught. We're not going to judge him, right? So he joins the neo-Nazi club, right? And he is in the neo-Nazi club for quite a few years. And then, as part of the neo-Nazi club, they decide that they want to go threaten journalists, which you are not supposed to do, folks, because if there's one group of people that like to run around and complain about people trying to silence them and pick on them and being mean to them, it's a journalist, right? They are as narcissistic as the transgender community. If anyone could come close to the transgender community and narcissism, it would be journalists. So this neo-Nazi kid stays in the Nazi club for a couple years. They start mailing out these little welcome to the neighborhood from your local neighborhood Nazis. And they start mailing out these things to people. And the people are probably a little terrified about getting something from Nazis, right? Everyone has been taught that Nazis are evil, right? So all of a sudden they're getting these things and they finally catch this kid and they arrest him. And they're like, you know what? You, even though you are a Nazi, and even though you have threatened journalists, two things you are not supposed to be and do, right? We're going to let you off because you had a crappy childhood. Did I get that correct? Well, (laughs) I guess sometimes it pays to have a crappy childhood, right? You can take the abuse up front, but they're not going to send you to jail for threatening journalists and being a Nazi because I guess you've gotten it all in advance. (laughs) Like a good down payment on a get-out-of-jail-free card. I just... I guess, though, folks, I'm, I'm confused, though. I have to admit that I'm, I'm sitting here just, I'm truly befuddled, right? Because I thought, I thought Nazis were bad. That's what I've always been taught. Have you not been taught, White by Malcolm X, that Nazis are the root of all evil? Yes, you have as well as I have. I thought they were bad. And yes, according to journalists, right, talking about the folks that were getting threatened, according to journalists, there are 
neo-Nazis everywhere, right? White supremacist neo-Nazis are everywhere. They are lurking around every single corner in this country, right? Last year, when we had all these BLM riots and uh, people looting and burning cities, what were the media complaining about? Neo-Nazis, right? Oh, you see all these black kids riding? Hey, that's nothing. Just, you know, nothing to see here, folks. Nothing to see here, folks. But we know out there are lurking neo-Nazis and white supremacists. And people were like, well, where are they? Why are they not rioting? Well, they're just out there lurking. They're hiding around. And then January 6th happened. And look, folks, they were trying to overthrow the government. Yeah, but they forgot to bring guns. Oh, well, they were still trying to overthrow the government. That's our narrative, and you are not going to talk us down from it. There are neo-Nazis out there, and they are evil. They are all Republicans, and we've got to stop them, right? Have we not heard folks for, I don't know, months and months and months and years and years and years about how evil white supremacists and Nazis are? And here we have a Nazi threatening journalist, but he's a transgender Nazi threatening journalist, so we're going to let him off the hook. (laughs) Unbelievable. Seriously, folks, this is just unbelievable freaking believable. They have a neo-Nazi. They have arrested a neo-Nazi. But because he's a transgender neo-Nazi, he gets out of jail, right? (laughs) So folks, if you are a neo-Nazi, just say, hey, I identify as something else. And they're going to let you off too, right? Because you had a horrible childhood. Just make something up. Who cares? Good goodness. And to add insult to injury, folks, we just had a story a couple of weeks ago that linked the super straight movement. And if you don't know what that is, folks, that is if you are super straight, if you are a man, you like a woman and you like a woman with original hardware, right? You want a woman with a vagina and breasts. You do not want a woman with breasts and a penis, right? You want an originally made woman, right? And if you are a super straight woman, like Summit Mistresses, you want a man with all the male hardware, right? She wants a man with a penis, right? She does not want a man with a vagina, right? And I am a, I guess, a super gay. (laughs) I guess that makes me a super gay white boy Malcolm X because I want a man with a penis. I do not want a man with a vagina. I always say, what the hell am I going to do with a damn vagina staring in front of me? But if you say that, folks, you are a transphobe, right? And a bigot. If you say that you do not accept a transgender man with a vagina, you are a bigot, right? That is what they are telling us. But what they were trying to do with the super straight movement, we had this article, it was tying them to the far right, the alt-right, and neo-Nazis. So the queens a couple weeks ago were going, well, if you identify as super straight, you are a neo-Nazi. You are a bigot and a turf and a transphobe. <laughs> and irony of irony, folks, they're out there complaining that people who identify as super straight are the neo-Nazis and a transgender is the actual (laughs) neo-Nazi. The one neo-Nazi we have here is transgender. So if anyone wants to complain about neo-Nazis, it should be the people in the super straight movement complaining about transgender Nazis. (laughs) Good God. Just when you thought it could not get more Alice in Wonderland, a transgender Nazi. White boy Malcolm X, we are down to two stories. Yes, sir, we are down to two stories. Yes, of course, I have one more race story because that's all there is. But then we have our smoking gun story, and that is near and dear to me. It's in my hometown. This is from Parents, and how's this headline? Girl Scouts launches anti-racist programming to make sure troops are welcoming for all girls. And folks, I thought that the Girl Scouts was basically dying out because the Boy Scouts are now accepting girls into the Boy Scouts, right? So I didn't even think that the Girl Scouts were still around. I guess they are to sell cookies. But other than that, I figured all the girls would go hang out with the boys and the Boy Scouts. But I guess there are a couple of them left. And those that are left, they want to make sure that they are anti-racist. So let's find out a little bit more about what they're doing there. For nearly 110 years, the Girl Scouts of the USA has noted its dedication to inclusion. 
were clearly not enough. The first troop of Girl Scouts included girls from the Female Orphan Asylum and the Congregation McVeigh Israel Synagogue. In 1917, the first black troops, and folks, those are capital B black troops, so you know they're real black troops, and troops for disabled girls were established. And by the 1950s, the organization pushed for full integration of all its troops. Now the nonprofit has announced they're launching a $500,000 effort to become anti-racist. The investment comes from the Ford Foundation. So all you folks out there driving your Ford pickup trucks and your SUVs and your little sedans out there, you are footing the bill for this. An independent nonprofit grant-making organization committed to advancing racial justice. According to a press release on the website, the funds will go to support GSUSA's commitment to dismantle systemic racism within the organization and create impactful change in the communities Girl Scouts serves. Specifically, GSUSA says they'll be hiring expert consultants to conduct a thorough audit of its programs, policies, and practices and evaluate the Girl Scout experiences of members and non-members nationwide. The goal? To make important progress towards fostering a welcoming space for all members. The audit could provide data about the degree to which the nonprofit has trouble retaining members of color and why, according to a press release. And once the audit is complete, GSUSA will be figuring out how to best proceed. They might consider changing their language, marketing, and programming so that it's fully inclusive. Interim CEO Judith Batty, who was the first black CEO of Girl Scouts, so gee, I wonder where this is coming from, told Mashable, I think we need to understand as a movement ourselves where our issues are. They're not all the same across the country, of course, but what we want to deal with is the systemic racism that exists, not only in our society, but to the extent Girl Scouts have systems and processes that reinforce the racial disparities that exist in the U.S., Those are the disparities, and those are the processes and systems we want to dismantle. So I'm sure all you suburban mothers out there who have your daughters in the Girl Scouts, and no, I'm I'm sure it's not just to get first dibs on the cookies. (laughs) Not that I could blame you, right? But I'm sure you put them in there to learn some new skills and meet other girls and learn to socialize and, and be in this group environment and be part of something bigger than themselves and kind of learn whatever skills the Girl Scouts are teaching these days. And lo and behold... Now you're going to get woke Girl Scouts. So if it's not bad enough in the school systems where the girls go, after they get out of school for the day and before they come home to you, they are going to get more woke education because what they're dishing out in the school systems isn't enough. So from what, eight to three or whatever time they're getting their woke indoctrination from the school system, nope, they can get it at Girl Scouts later that day as well. But White Boy Malcolm X, I do have a question for you because... Apparently, they're going to spend a half million dollars, which to me seems kind of cheap from the Ford Foundation. If they're going to go for woke, they need to go big, right? They need millions and millions and millions of dollars for this. But they're basically going to take this money and hand it to a consultancy firm to figure out where the racism is in the Girl Scouts. Because let's face it, folks, they're not going to spend all that money to find systemic racism in the Girl Scouts and come back and say, you know what? We didn't find anything. Hey, you ladies are good to go. Everything is... It is A-OK, right? Because Judith Batty there, she is not going to put up with that. I tell you tell you what, they're going to find it no matter what. If they can't find it, they'll, they'll make it up if they have to. But they are going to get their money's worth for that 500000 And that organization there, the Girl Scouts, are going to become woke. And if you think I can just move my girl to the Boy Scouts and avoid this, you are wrong. Because I guarantee you, if it's not there yet, woke is coming for the Boy Scouts as well. But white boy Malcolm X, I'm just 
I'm curious about this now because now I'm starting to think about, hmm, well, if they're going to be spending a half million dollars on consultants to go in there and take a look, I mean, where could they find these consultants that would know what to do and what to look for? I'm just like, who could do this? And who really could go in and make a meaningful assessment of what is going on in the Girl Scouts? I mean, I, I don't know. Do you have any idea maybe who could do this? What? That's right. I forgot. I almost forgot, folks. Queens with clipboards, of course. How could I forget Queens with clipboards? That's right. And we did have them on our, our last Wednesday podcast. Maybe I just forgot about them because I figured they were out on vacation, right? They probably had some circuit party. Those girls were like, I have done my bit for king and country. I'm going to take this pen. I'm going to take this clipboard. I'm going to put them both down. And I am going to go out and party with the girls for a couple of weeks. And I'm just going to forget about life for a while. But no, we got to call these queens back. We're going to be like, girlfriend, you cannot take a vacation. Get that clipboard. Get that pen. Because we are sending you into the Girl Scouts. They'll be like, what the what? You want to send me to where? Be like, you need to go to the Girl Scouts and find systemic racism. So can you imagine that, folks? Because if you can, I certainly can. Hi there, girls. I have been sent here by Judith Batty to... Oh, hold on. This is a very small room. Where, Where is everyone? They went to the Boy Scouts? Oh, well. Well, I've been sent here, and as you can see, I have a clipboard, and I have a pen, and I have been sent here by Judith Batty, even though they're just a couple of you. This is, this is the whole troop? This is it? This is the whole state? Oh, goodness. This is the, There are not a lot of girls in the Girl Scouts these days. I'll tell you what. Anyway, so I've been sent here by Judith, and she wants me to see, you know, there's not a lot of people here, but we just want to see if you all are anti-racist, and we want to make sure that this is a welcoming space for all members. And I can tell it's pretty welcoming because this room is very empty. So anyone else want to come in before I get started? <laughs> oh, bless your hearts. This is the, the Girl Scouts. Ooh, well, this is it, huh? Well, I bet the Boy Scouts are a lot more fun, but shh, don't say anything. I didn't say that. Don't get you this mad at me. So anyway, I know this is a small group, but anyway, I have some statements I want to read off and I'm going to check some boxes here, but I just want to see, remember that I want to assess to see how anti-racist you are and to see if this is a welcoming space, besides the fact that most of this room is very empty. Okay, so raise your hands now. Here you go. I'm going to read a statement and I want you to raise your hand if you agree. First statement is white people suck and are the root of all evil. And I don't see all the hands are up, so... Hmm. Uh, which box am I going to check? Okay, I'm going to check on that. And don't worry, folks, you'll get the results later, but I'm just going to say that that box I just checked is not in your favor. So let's try another sentence for you. I would rather invite Satan over for dinner than a white person. Raise your hand if you agree. You would rather have the Prince of Darkness over for dinner than a white person. And let's face it, folks, if you need a, need a little help with this one, white people are worse than Satan. Not all the hands on that one either, huh? So you'd rather have a white person in your house than the... Okay, okay I'm just going That box I'm checking is not going to be in your favor either. Okay, I'm going to try another one here. White people invented COVID and spread it around to kill BIPOC folks. Not everyone agrees with that. Oh, you ladies are in a lot of trouble here. I'm just going to say that. Okay, I'm going to check that box there too. Okay, so now the boxes, like I said, the boxes I'm checking so far are not very good for you all. But now that the anti-racism portion is over, we need to see about if this is a welcoming space for all members. So I'm going to read off a statement. And again, I want to see a show of hands for those that agree with this. A Girl Scout with a penis is better than a Girl Scout with a vagina. I don't see any hands up. So you all are in agreement that a Girl Scout with a vagina is better than a Girl Scout with a penis. Oh, I'm checking the turf box. Bunch of turfs. You little brats. You little turfs. I'll tell you what. Judith is not going to be happy with you. Pack of racist turfs. <laughs> disgust me. You disgust my pen. You disgust my clipboard. I am just, I am done. I just, <laughs> I am done with this.
So that, folks, that is a uh, that is what I see as a queen with a clipboard going into a Girl Scouts USA assessment as a consultant there for Judith Batty to make that organization more woke. I'll tell you what, though, White Boy Malcolm X, and folks, I've said this a number of times on this podcast, I am so glad that I do not have kids. I'm sure some of you out there are like, yes, Miller, we agree. We're so glad you don't have kids either. But I, uh, yeah, I'm glad I don't have kids and have to deal with this crap because you parents out there with this woke indoctrination of your kids, especially you white folks out there when your kids come home and they're like, Mommy, Daddy, you're a racist, right? You can't do anything about that because they can probably go back to school and report you and then you're going to get called into the principal's office because you are not as woke and down for the struggle as you should be. Okay, folks, here is our last story. It is a smoking gun story. And finally, it is not a story about race. (laughs) or narcissistic transgenders wanting everyone to acknowledge their special gender identity. But unfortunately, it is in my hometown. But hey, I am an equal opportunity teaser here, so I will go ahead and read this anyway because, hey, these are my peeps. Cops. Naked man said he was doing walk of shame. A man who police saw strolling naked this morning on a South Carolina street told officers that he was doing a walk of shame as penance for cheating on his wife, according to an arrest report. Investigators say that Michael Boatman, 41, was spotted by a sheriff's deputy around 1.10 a.m. as he walked on a Spartanburg street, yes folks, my hometown, with just a clear bag over his genitals and a blunt in his hand. And folks, if you don't know what a blunt is, he's got the good stuff. He's got ganja. And if you don't know what that is, he's got weed in his hand. <laughs> he's got the weed. And no, I do not know this guy. <laughs> Thank God. So folks, just to give you a uh, a quick picture of this in Spartanburg, South Carolina, you've got a butt-naked middle-aged man walking down the street with a clear plastic bag over his genitals. <laughs> like that's hiding anything, and he's carrying a joint. And he's just walking down the street around 1 in the morning, and he gets pulled over by Popo. Boatman, one cop reported, explained that he was doing a walk of shame, which he needed to complete for his wife. A second officer noted that Boatman said that he had cheated on his wife and was doing a walk of shame. Okay, then. (laughs) I guess both officers are on the same page, it sounds like. Boatman also reportedly referenced Adam and Eve from the Bible, stating that he was willing to go to jail for his acts. Two Spartanburg County Sheriff's Office deputies noted that Boatman, a Spartanburg resident, admitted to earlier taking math (laughs) as if being naked with a plastic bag over his junk and a marijuana joint in his hand is not bad enough, folks. He also admitted to doing the good stuff, the good, good stuff, crystal meth. Good God. While being questioned by police, Boatman allegedly sought to run away from deputies, but was taken to the ground and handcuffed. After being placed in a squad car, Boatman said that he would try to escape from jail and asked a deputy to shoot him. (laughs) No, you're going to have to live and live through that shame. But hey, it's Spartanburg, so you'll be in very, very good company. (laughs) No, you have to live through it. Boatman was charged with indecent exposure, disorderly conduct, marijuana possession, and resisting police. And normally, White Boy Malcolm X, normally they would have something about drug paraphernalia. But I guess if he just had the joint and even though he did the meth, I guess he did not have a pipe on him or stuck up his butt or something like that. Being buck naked does have the added benefit of not being charged with having drug paraphernalia. So the indecent exposure is one item, but uh, hey, you avoid the other one. Boatman's rap sheet includes three separate domestic violence convictions, court records show. 
And on that note, folks, since I don't even want to try to top a middle-aged naked man in my hometown walking around high on crystal meth, smoking joint (laughs) with a clear plastic bag over his genitals, not going to even try to top that one. And I want to go ahead and celebrate Easter a little bit while we still have some daylight. Thank you so much for stopping by this Easter Sunday podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, here as always with White Boy Malcolm X. I think I forgot to say this at the beginning of the show, but if you want to get hold of me, my email is miller at millerfrostonline.com and my parlor handle is at millerfrost. Have a great rest of your Sunday and a good start to your week. I Like I said earlier, folks, I don't know if I'm going to be here on Wednesday. I'm going to say 50-50. If we do something, it's probably going to be short. I keep saying that, but it's still always an hour. But like I said, I don't know if I'm going to be here Wednesday, but if not, I will definitely be back here a week from today. So in the meantime, have a great rest of your Easter Sunday, a great start to your week. We will see you back here. Hey, when we see you back here, in the meantime, take care. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.